the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. All right, let's start with a little humor. The COO of Impossible Meats was arrested for biting the nose off of somebody in a traffic fight. That's funny. Don't you think that's funny? I think it's a little funny. All right, now let's get on with a little more serious stuff. It's a rare day, a rare day when we can use an example that happened hours ago of the sleight of hand of the government supremacist. Now, government supremacists come in both parties, but they fight diligently hard to keep their reign and control and corruption from the people. The way that they do this is they get the people fighting. So every once in a couple of years, the most corrupt of the two parties, and that's saying something, the most corrupt of the two parties, pretends to be the good guy. The Democrats always pretend to be the good guy, the virtuous, the altruistic, the noble government supremacist. Because what they understand is most people want to be taken care of. Most people are children. You can see it in traffic as you watch people try to make a left turn. You can see that most people are longing to be slaves. They're called Democrats. The reality is they're willful in their ignorance. They turn a blind eye. And then there's the predator class. They want in on the scheme. Those are the scum of the scum. The other ones are just sling blade that represents this president who should have a hat with a fan on top of it. So he's going to come out today and pretend to want dark money out of politics. Ironically, has has done nothing his entire life except prostitute government power. That's the way in which he became a multi-multi-millionaire who will never be audited, who lives in seaside estates and DuPont mansions, and has lived like somebody who made something, even though he's made nothing but except for the greatest problems in this country, political corruption normalized. That's what Joe Biden has made. He sits there as an asset to the Chinese Communist Party. An asset. $32 million they had given to Joe Biden Crime Family, Inc. They pretended that the crack-smoking, whoremongering, degenerate son was a consultant or a lawyer or who gives a rip. He was a bag man and everybody who can think knows it. That's the only reason anybody gave that piece of garbage anything let alone they put him in an investment vehicle that the Chinese government funded for $1.5 million. So the entities that funded that and profited from that all kicked in to bribe Joe Biden, which is why all the policies enrich those companies. And this is what you see. So we have an example of Joe Biden pretending to be noble rather than the whore that he is, the $2 whore in a $5 world. 
That's what Joe Biden, that's what all the Democrats are. But we have a really good example. So let's first hear President Slingblade. Democracy, in my view. I've, uh, I've proposed much earlier on that we should just publicly fund all of our elections, but I'm not, I don't have the support for that position. But there's a second position that is very good. And that, that sounds healthy, doesn't he? Sounds vibrant, like a man. Does he? Or does he sound like somebody that should be put into a room in a hospital with wooden floors where they never come out? That is the role of money, m- money in politics <laughs> and how we can begin to solve that problem. There's, uh, there's something, I've always, something I've always cared about, and at its best, our democracy serves all people equally, no matter wealth or privilege. Whoa. But here's the deal. <clears throat> But here's the deal. They make their money on pretending to help all of the people that need it. They pretend that this system of government supremacy is not only altruistic, but actually works for the people. You hear the useful idiots that are their, are their pigeons, are their pawns. They're always helping somebody, right? The widowed wives, the children. What's the most sympathetic? Always the children, let alone the hungry children. The hungry children are always the way. We have new information in the fraud investigation into an organization claiming to feed hungry children. The FBI alleges the St. Anthony-based Feeding Our Future took tens of millions of dollars in federal child nutrition money and funneled it to people who spent lavishly. As Caroline Cummings reports, the investigation is already spilling over to the state capitol. These documents reveal what investigators are calling a large-scale scheme to defraud the USDA of millions of federal dollars intended for child nutrition programs. So that, that was six months ago. This organization has been in operation for seven years. This organization has now, now has 47 members that have been indicted today. They have managed to steal $250 million from the government. In March 2020, early in the pandemic, a small group of people in Minnesota had an idea and saw an opportunity. These individuals believed they could steal tens of millions of dollars from a federal child nutrition program by claiming to serve food to needy children when they were not. Their goal was to make as much money for themselves as they could while falsely claiming to feed children during the pandemic. As their plan met with initial success, they were joined by many others who also wanted to make money by falsely claiming to feed needy children. Before long, the scheme that began with a simple idea in March of 2020 grew to become the largest pandemic fraud in the United States. Now, this is just being investigated and only goes back so far, but it should go back to the inception. And then there's something else you need to know. They now know at least two of the upper echelon gave a tremendous amount of money to Ileana Omar, the Congress squad member who married her brother. Two months ago, Ileana Omar had another good idea. Um, the uh, gentleman from uh, Virginia is recognized. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I yield one minute to a distinguished member of the Committee on Education and Labor and a leading advocate to reduce and eliminate child hunger, the gentlewoman from Minnesota, Ms. Omar. Gentlewoman is recognized. 
Thank you, Madam Speaker, and thank you, Chairman, um, for your leadership on this legislation and for working tirelessly to negotiate uh, a solution. I rise to express my support for the Keep Kids, Keep, Keep Kids Fed Act as food costs <laughs> continue to soar. This I mean, you didn't expect clear words. After all, she married her brother with the stooping, stooping unt. Critical legislation is a lifeline for millions of American families struggling to make ends meet. In my home state of Minnesota, one in nine children are food insecure. This bipartisan legislation builds on uh, my bill. The me- Food insecure. 250 million that they found. They won't look further. Because if you remember, Ilian Omar and the squad and the American Democrat, the Fourth Reich, the American socialist Marxist mafia, is always helping kids. I remember when this scandal broke a year and a half ago. Well, state and federal agents raided a daycare center in South Minneapolis earlier today, part of an ongoing effort to crack down on a massive fraud problem. Fox 9 investigator Jeff Ballion has been tracking the issue for months, and he has the latest. Parents dropping off their kids at the Baraka Child Care Center. Were... What's the name of it? Baraka? Hmm. Oh, right, right. That's the community in which Ileana Omar, where it's acceptable to marry your brother and wear your laundry on your head, that's the community. By the way, that's the bulk of the community in the food scam. Treated by some unfamiliar faces, fraud investigators from the Minnesota Department of Human Services. One mother told us they were asking if anyone knew of anything shady happening at the center. Agents from the State Bureau of Criminal Apprehension and the Secret Service also took part in this raid. Armed with a search warrant, they confiscated cell phones, computers, and documents as part of what's being called an ongoing investigation of child care funding fraud. That was $80 million. This is $250 million. After the daycare scandal broke, a politician stood up and said it's time for Omar to have an ethics investigation. Ilhan Omar of Minneapolis may be the most corrupt politician in Minnesota history. That is why I'm filing a formal request to the Committee on Ethics for the U.S. House of Representatives today to ask for an investigation. Representative Omar has already been forced in 2017 and 2018 to pay thousands of dollars in campaign finance violations. Representative Omar has... You know who else has to, had to pay? The other squad member, AOC. Socialism for you? But not for me, as she parades around in her $6,000 costume to pretend that she's offended, that she uh, is beautiful. I'm beautiful and I hate it. Stop it. I want to be as ugly as the rest of the Democrats. In the meantime, she's riddled in the same kind of scandal because this is the blueprint. Now imagine whatever you want it to be, whether it's solar panels or windmills or climate change, electric cars, it doesn't matter. All they need is that vehicle of corruption. And this is the format of the scandal. And in the meantime, you know what happened to the guy who asked for the ethics to be investigated? He was blacklisted from the Democrat mafia in Minnesota and the Republicans that were also in on the scam. Because this is the kind of scam that they don't want too many people to be aware of. Well, federal agents arrested a Twin Cities man tied to a scheme to take millions of dollars earmarked for hungry kids as he boarded an international flight this week. Prosecutors charged Mohammed Ismail with... Mohammed Ismail. Sounds like an Irish guy. He guessed where he was going. Anybody want to know where your money went? 
back to the mafia in some dirt hole. Passport fraud. He's also named in the federal investigation into feeding our future. WCCO's Jennifer Mayerly looked into the arrest and where the investigation stands. This is where FBI agents caught up with Mohammed Ismail on Wednesday. They arrested him on a jetway at MSP as he boarded a flight with a final destination of Nairobi, Kenya. He's named in an investigation into feeding our future. You know what 250 million buys you in Kenya? Slaves and a big estate. That's where slavery is still legal. And um, imagine what 32 million buys you if you give it directly to a crackhead who has a guy with dementia running for president. It's all the same scam. And all they need to do is keep the focus on them being the good guy. There's much too much money that flows in the shadows to influence our elections. It's called. Here's a political whore sitting president who is tied directly and indirectly through the crack smoking degenerate whoremongering son to over 100 LLCs in the state that was created for tax fraud and evasion that he's from Delaware. And yet when you question any of it, including the fact that the FBI, forever bothering Italians, and is supposed to be an investment organization for the federal government, has had the evidence in its possession for three years. You almost have to love the way they pivot. Let's go to cricket face, Debbie Wasserman Schultz. This is who they used to test Viagra for 10 years. Lady from the great state of Florida, Debbie Wasserman Schultz is now recognized. Thank you, Madam Chair. I, I mean, what a what a lot of bunk. My, my Republican colleagues are trying to use the investigation of Hunter Biden to hurt President Biden and promote former President Donald Trump. That much is very clear. They have not come up with any evidence of wrongdoing by former President Biden, despite investigating this issue for two years. Wrong. Yet Republicans have turned a blind eye to former President Trump's violation of the Presidential Records Act and ongoing national security implications. Wrong. President Trump... Let's be very clear, took government records from the White House, including some of our nation's most sensitive secrets, and then stored them unsecured at his country club. Now, Debbie Wasserman sounds offended by that. She doesn't give a rip about the communist Chinese bribing the diaper wearing dimwit, who is the Don de de Dons of the Democrat mafia, some call president. She doesn't mind. Because she wants to position herself as somebody who fights for the hungry kids, just like Ileana Omar, who was bribed by the people who ran that scam. That's the dark money that should be out of politics, but will never be. And the, the, the company that's called a political party, the Democrat Mafia, which is a company that produces nothing, yet makes hundreds and hundreds of billions, if not a trillion dollars, has the... American moron Democrat stooge just wanting in on the scam. They're not offended by it. They're mad that they weren't cut in. That's the difference between a Democrat and everybody else. They're not offended by it. They don't really want the money out. They just want more and more and more. So it's always on to the next scam, the next altruistic giveaway. Because what they understand is it's the only scam that you get away with. 312. 642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. 
And you know what I love about the Democrat scourge? They love this. They love it. They are mad. They didn't think 250 million. They're so upset they didn't think about this. 80 million for the daycare. Search warrants allege the nonprofit Feeding Our Future distributed funds to companies that said they were providing free meals to needy kids, but instead used it to purchase real estate, cars, and other luxury items. Oh, like Black Lives Matter. You guys are a bunch of real estate speculators driving around in your fancy cars. I love when socialists wear $6,500 worth of clothes, driving around in a Bentley, and pretend to be capitalists. I love it. I find the hypocrisy delightful. Almost like when cricket face Debbie Wasserman Schultz pretends to be outraged that an ex-president has papers in his house. This is an ongoing national security threat. We still don't know if all the classified material has been, even been recovered. The chairwoman has asked the National Archives to review the potentially outstanding... Man, I just keep thinking about her husband every time she comes home and is in the mood. Whew. Oh, that's got to be terrible. But I will say, um, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, why aren't you concerned with, with the Chinese Communist Party bribing the president? Out and out bribing. But then again, you weren't concerned when the Nazi-friendly oligarchs, even though they claim to be Jewish... We're in bed with not just the Azovs or the Tornadoes, but we're bribing him through his son, and you were uh, supportive of the $70 billion. I love how the Democrats never are offended by a scandal. They just want in on it. That's why you have to run from the areas. Now, here, I'm going to go to one. We got our very own Cream Puff Jim. Cream Puff Jim from Chicago. Spent many years sitting in a musical <laughs> truck, developing stretch marks and quite a taste for desserts. Hi, Jim. Hi, Sean. I wonder if the slumber guy, uh, when he was at the Hardee's, I know they grabbed his flip phone, but I hear he had a pair of channel locks with him uh, in his back pocket. Channel locks? I wonder what the, uh, you know, the slumber guy, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, Mike Lindell? Yeah, he got Yeah. Jim, you know what's in my trunk in, in, in Chicago? An axe <laughs> and a shovel. Do you think that that's what? suspicious? Well, well, get rid of the body, Sean. That's all I got to say. No, get rid of the body before they you think, you think before I'm it smells call? the joint up. Yeah, no, you never know when you're going to run into a Democrat. <laughs> in a Democrat area, Jim, you got to be prepared. Thank you very much. Tom in Blue Island. Well, Sean, uh, you laid it out about Ilhan Omar. She got 50,000 votes in her Democratic primary, and her Republican opponent got 5,000 votes. <laughs> so just like a typical Chicago scumbag, yeah. she's going to walk in re-election, yeah. uh, even though she wears her underwear on her head, buddy. And the, and the other thing, too, Tom, the, the, the funny thing about this bill, it should be the law of the land. I couldn't agree more with the premise of this bill. If you think I'm one of those guys that says, no, 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 we need more money and freedom of speech and done, get the hell out of here. The only restraints in this entire country are to be on government. Not you. But look at how that's flipped. Now, unfettered, as tens of millions of Democrats and Republicans cannot wait for the government to pick another special interest. Can't wait. Support it, and they want to compete with it. I remember when the daycare scandal broke. The Republican rebuttal was, no, they should get school choice. How about nothing? How about you get nothing? And you're forced to be a decent human being, raise your fracking kids, 
And if you, they need food, go get a job and pay for it. Because when people pretend to give money to feed the hungry little kids, the adult Democrat scum steal the money and buy cars and real estate. Almost none of this money was used to feed children, the documents say. The FBI says it began investigating feeding our future last May after the Minnesota Department... Man, oh man. It's almost like your property taxes in the sewer of Chicago where you are paying $28,000 per student for the ones that carjack you and shoot you and rob you. But the teacher union, they get all the money, which is why the parking lot not only has great security at Chicago Public Schools, but they have great vehicles, all driven by those altruistic multimillionaires. It does explain why so many of the kids can't say the word ask. 312-642-5600. Broadcasting from the petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest of the nation and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. It's true, honey bunny. I have often forgotten or confused who Rashida Tlaib with Ileana Omar. Rashida Tlaib's the one that looks like a caveman that Darwin was looking for. I get it. This is the other one who married her brother. It's hard to keep him straight. But uh, Democrats are easy to uh, mix up. They all share the same mindset of a slave. Ron, countryside. Hello, Mr. Thompson. I just wanted to say I don't know why the Democrats are so upset at Trump. He probably got the same briefing as Hillary Clinton at identifying uh, top security documents. They're upset with Trump because Trump was the president, unlike the bottom-heavy, fat loser of the 2016 election, Hillary, the Duchess of Chaffington Clinton. They're upset because he was the president. And what they don't understand when you hear them speak is he gets to decide what's classified and what isn't. They don't like that. So they wheel out these Viagra slayers, and they tell them to get the people all stoked up. He was compromising the safety of America, and these are the same scum that voted for an asset of the Chinese Communist Party in diapers, thank you for the call, known as Joe Biden. This is funny to me. ...records and seek President Trump's personal certification that he has returned all documents. Yet Republicans have been silent on the threat posed by the storage of our nation's most closely guarded secrets in the Mar-a-Lago Club, even after news reports indicated that one Russian-speaking guest is under investigation for using a fake identity to gain access to Donald Trump's inner, inner circle. Hey, Viagra Slayer, what's a threat to our national security is an asset of the Chinese Communist Party, like Joe Biden. But I felt that way when Bill Clinton, the intern molester, who everyone understood why he cheated on that slob of a wife, I was also upset when he sold out to the Chinese investors, both the allegations and proof. The FBI proved it as they arrested the donor from the Chinese Communist Party in 96 scandal. And then they bought the, the military schematics for some of our weapons. All came with a big, fat contribution to Bill Clinton. These are the same Democrat scum that want to get dark money out of politics. Dark money. It's hidden. Right now, advocacy groups can run ads on issues attacking or supporting a candidate right until Election Day without disclosing who's paying for that ad. They have to disclose it. Sling Blade. It's at the end of the commercial. 
It's in the bottom of the literature. It's everywhere, you stupid son of a dog. Now, I understand your party doesn't read to the bottom of the page, but there are still some people who avoided your public school education and can read in this country. And those are called Republicans. And the argument is, should the PACs be able to run commercials and yada, yada, yada? But I do believe there should be an absolute and total control. I'd like to see dark money out of politics, but I'd like to see corruption out of government. And how are we going to do that when the most obvious bought and paid for political whore in our nation's history sits atop our government? He doesn't know it or what day it is, but he does sit on top of it. How many Democrats know that the Democrat Party is the one that wins almost doubles the Republican money raised dark? Democrats have often railed against super PACs and what's called dark money. However, new findings reveal Democrats have been cashing in on dark money. Jackie DeAngelis has been digging into it. What did you find, Jackie? Well, it's another example, Stuart, of, you know, it's okay. It's not okay for you, but it is okay for us. Um, and, of course, a lot of people are talking about that. But the Democrats have denounced dark money, warning of corruption with corporations and billionaires spending unlimited sums through loosely regulated nonprofits. Watch this. We need to get big money out altogether and ensure that foreign dark money doesn't continue to pollute our politics. So now I wonder if the foreign dark money is if you put one of your crack-addicted children on a board, whether it's Amtrak or Burisma or some Chinese investment company. What was, it? What was the name of it? Rosemount Seneca, which him and Devin Archer and the Heinz kid. I wonder if it is that okay, Joe, you fracking scumbag. Republicans come to the table armed to the teeth. They've got all of their donors, their wealthy, wealthy donors. They've got their super PACs. They've got their dark money. This is about the people's interests that are being served. Here she is. If you add up her assets, she's well over 400 million, really five. Uh, if you just look at the cash, in which she admits to, she admits to $128 million. Nancy Saggy Pelosi and her drunk husband, not the dark special interest money. Get dark money out of politics. <laughs> but new reporting from the New York Times, Stu. Now, the New York Times yeah. doing this actually says a lot. Found that 15 of the most politically active nonprofits that typically supply Democrats spent more than $1.5 billion in 2020. On the GOP side, 15 similar groups spending $900 million. Do the math there. The Dems took in almost twice as much money. Doesn't matter to a Democrat scumbag, willful slave voter. All they want is in on the scam. Mike Sugar Grove. Yeah, Sean. Uh, I'm just letting you know uh, with all that uh, IRS agents, yeah. I was wondering if it's going to improve on me getting my money. I still haven't even gotten my uh, federal uh, income tax money yet. No, you're not. You're I not didn't gonna get file that. on a computer. Mike, yeah. I'd like to bet uh, you not. a very good cigar that you get your uh, notification of an audit before you get your money. Would you care to take that wager? I would not. <laughs> right. You're a smart man, Mike. Good news is you're going to have And I appreciate the cigar for. because I love him, but uh, yeah, I listen wait. to you and I love you, brother. Thank you. Right back at you. And uh, we'll make sure to give your lawyer one as you're going to have to fend off the Leviathan of the Fourth Reich led by the American Nazis. Craig Rogers Park. Hi, Sean. Sean, uh, thanks again for your great guest this week. Uh, yesterday's was great, but um, and your hard work. Thank you. Um, 
I just want to let you know that um, Emo Jones' son, Emo Jones, who ran the state into the ground and the political crook, his son now has been uh, indicted on bribery and lying to the FBI in a red light camera scheme today. Oh, yeah, but uh, not one red light camera will come down, and they'll just pretend that they're mad, and hopefully this guy will rot in prison, which he won't, and the beat will go on, and the uh, Chicagoans will pay the money that will disappear into the general fund because they need that revenue to pay for their corruption. So they've got to sacrifice somebody. Emil Jones's son, what is he, the third or the fourth or the seventh? Who can keep track? He's a good sacrificial lamb. He won't squeal too much like a pig. 312-642-5600. I got a lot of mall for you. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome. On the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. It's funny if they open up that can. The American people want restraints on money and government. I don't care what challenge, freedom of speech, how it's linked. People want that. People have to realize there's a reason that these companies, these special interests, by politicians. There's a reason K Street never has a recession, only Main Street does. That needs to come to an end. And that is a bipartisan issue. But the people who have to enlighten the citizens get paid from that money. The the, the media, all from television to print, to radio, all of it, all benefits from money and politics. I think it should be handcuffed. There's no question about it. Can you imagine? there was only so much money that was allowed to be spent maybe we could get our country back because when you turn these representatives into nothing more than fundraisers which by the way is exactly what they're doing congressmen senators they don't read the bills they don't represent their home because there's more money in being a whore just ask one of the squad members aoc Ileana omar i wonder if it's ever going to come out that at the root of this scandal and the daycare scandal that broke in Minnesota, you're talking over $300 million. Both of, this, of those scams had participants who gave money to Ileana Omar. Or does she get to hide behind the altruistic virtue of I'm just a socialist who cares about the kids? Because that's a great scam, man. And it does explain how two months ago, this is from two months ago. Meals Act to ensure children continue to receive school meals this summer. I am proud to have been part of this fight. While I wish this agreement could have provided a permanent solution, this is a vital step to prevent millions of children from going hungry throughout the next few months. Man, if only these drug dealers, these degenerate scumbags, all kinds of loan sharks and bookmakers and mafia guys realized where the real organized crime is. Where the real organized crime is. A nonprofit that received more than $30 million in two years, claiming to feed hungry kids. It's alleged some of that money went to line bank accounts instead. The case remains open with no charges so far. Well, today is a good day. Let's celebrate a little bit. We are here to describe charges in what has become known in Minnesota as the Feeding Our Future fraud. Today we are announcing charges against 47 defendants in six indictments and three informations. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. I hope this leads to this dimwit brother marrying scumbag with her laundry on her head in handcuffs. 
Craig in Mount Greenwood. Hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Anytime, brother. Now, another uh, area where there's uh, there's a lot of a lot of money, and they know it, and they're going after it, is the kids. The kids with the co in the COVID shots. They're not going to let this go. They they want to make this. They want to take and get those jabs into all the kids. I mean, because there's there's all these millions and mi billions of dollars in jabbing all the kids to so that they can go to school or they can do this or do that. But here's the here's the the crime in it. They know that those shots have problems in, in all different categories, and especially for the kids in with regard to uh, bearing children and everything, and they don't care. They don't care to take and, like, destroy, uh, hurt these children and everything for the sake of the money and the power. That's what really gets me is these kids are innocent. They don't know any better and everything, and that's where they're going. They're going. But next. their minds are so able to accept slavery from the government supremacists. In fact... To your point, Craig, we played it yesterday. I still think it's worth playing again today. I've been into fashion since I can remember. But one day, I had a stomachache so bad, I didn't want to do anything. The team at New York Presbyterian said it was actually my heart. It was severely swollen. Something called myocarditis. Ah, you'll get used to it, kid. And then you could be a fashion designer right up until your heart explodes. Eduardo Midway. Yeah, Sean, I'm really proud of you leading up with this story because I saw this midday and I said, oh, I hope Sean leads with this story. Oh. But, you know, we're getting tax bills in December, uh, like the guy said previously with the jabs. And CBS Sunday morning was had a graphic where now because of the money that was sent out, there's less poor kids. They had this graphic on TV <laughs> on Sunday. Well, now they're going to have to retract that. Yeah. Of course they are. They, listen, the nice thing about this, this system of corruption is the people who, who gain their, their sustenance from government, they don't care what the fact is. They just want more. So do you think Democrats in the sewer of Chicago care about the 63 people that got shot or exactly what the issue is or care more about the $500 given out by Cook County for being a scumbag? Which one do you think they care more about? Inflation doesn't matter. Food stamp gets a bump in the middle of September of $1,300. Do you think the scumbags care about inflation? They don't pay it. It's the perfect way to steal. Turn your people into willful servants, willful slaves. And then they won't be upset with the scam. They'll just want in on it. And then, then what we could do is figure out a way to attract more. Right now we're following a developing story. The Biden administration just announced it is offering temporary protective status to Venezuelans living in the United States. That's as many as... Bingo. Millions and millions and millions of people. Each state, hundreds of thousands. I don't know why the, 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 the slaves to the socialist corruption and Marxism in Venezuela would come here. I do. We give more money. 312-642-5600. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. My next guest is an interesting, interesting guy. Me. 
award-winning author, a TV producer, served as a director of original programming for HBO and was the co-producer of a PBS special on Navy SEALs. I think that's the first time I saw his name. William Doyle is his name. He's got a new book out, The Titan of the Senate. It's a story about Orrin Hatch, who uh, died this April, didn't he, William? This past April? Yes, that's right. He was 88 years old. That's right, after 42 years in the U.S. Senate. Yes, but I remember, you know, I, I've been a political junkie since I was a young kid, and I remember Orrin Hatch in the beginning when um, I want to say the Senate had just been headed up by Kennedy, right? Was that in the 80s after Tip O'Neill? Well, uh, or is that the 90s? Well, actually, um, Orrin Hatch uh, went to Congress in 1977 as yes. a to- almost totally unknown until then uh, Salt Lake City trial attorney and he wound up uh, as the third the number 3 person in line to the presidency as president pro tem of the Senate until uh, 2018 when he retired so you know my book uh, kind of covers a large sweep of american history as seen through the perspective of a very as you know a very very bedrock conservative leader, but a man who also got together with Ted Kennedy and liberals and did uh, four great things for the country that I would argue are not left or right that I focus my book on. Actually, I start, uh, this, my book is about five events, really. The first event is when Orrin Hatch just got to Congress, to the Senate, and he decided that he would almost single-handedly try to stop a dramatic expansion of union power in America, backed by Jimmy right. Carter and the AFL-CIO. Everybody thought it was going to pass, uh, sail through Congress. And Hatch launched a filibuster and a kind of a guerrilla uh, debate warfare against this. And he triumphed, which instantly gave him the credibility inside the uh, conservative uh, thinking and Republican Party to be considered a presidential candidate and to be a for- really a force to be reckoned with and relied on uh, when it came to uh, you know supporting uh, conservative justices, which nobody did stronger than he did, uh, fighting for a balanced budget, uh, against abortion, both of which he failed at in terms of a constitutional amendment. But, um, you know, at the same time, he did these great bipartisan achievements. So my book tries to explore that and figure out why he did this, the way he did it. And I remember in the 80s, see, I, I, I have to tell you, I, I, I'm going to confess to you, I did not like the Bush regime. I did not like George Bush Sr. I sympathized with George Bush Jr., but I think he, he made some terrible, terrible mistakes. But I remember in the 80s the argument between the what I would consider Americanism. I know it's called Republicanism, and I know Reagan is the Republican, but really he didn't start out that way. Reagan attacked the corruption in the Republican Party, the ineptness, and the, and and kind of the failed policies of the Republicans. And he was strapped with Bush, I think, because of the money and the way it flowed. Um, but Orrin Hatch kind of got along with Reagan. Am, am I remembering that correctly? And was uh, instrumental in a lot of Reagan's achievements. Well, you're absolutely right. In fact, Orrin Hatch would not exist without Ronald Reagan. Uh, Senator would not exist. And because in 76, after Jerry Ford beat Ronald Reagan, or was in the process of beating him, um, uh, Orrin Hatch asked for Ronald Reagan's blessing. 
as a Hail Mary pass to generate publicity in what was a campaign that he was not winning, Patch. And Reagan said, sure, because Reagan's pollsters thought that Utah was starting to swing more to the Republican side, even though it had always had a strong Democratic senator and governors and um, so forth. So uh, Hatch was propelled into the Senate largely on, on Ronald Reagan's blessing. And amazingly, six, year, uh, at, at the next, uh, six years later, when he ran for re-election, Hatch was going to get beat by Ted Wilson, the Democratic Salt Lake City mayor. And at the last minute, you know what Ronald Reagan did? He flew into Salt Lake City to a giant rally at the Cow Palace, and he had um, uh, Hatch's people uh, had a Morbin Tabernacle Choir um, replica, kind of a, a very similar or, uh, group, uh, singing the Battle Hymn of the Republic on a live statewide broadcast. And Ronald Reagan was there next to Orrin Hatch, and at the end of the Battle Hymn of the Republic, the camera zoomed in on Ronald Reagan, and a tear fell down his cheek. I that's I remember <laughs> reading. Yes, I remember when that happened. What year was that? That was nineteen. Uh, I believe it was nineteen eighty four. If I have that right, I might, I might be yeah. a year or two off. But what that did was it crushed Ted Wilson, and Hatch. Then ever since, sailed through re-election. So he had the luxury of being very. Uh, uh, strong back in uh, Utah, which enabled him, Sean, to be what I think of as being very creative and innovative when it came to big legislation, like, for example, the Americans with Disabilities Act of 1990, which was a very strong bipartisan, and I would argue, noble effort to sort of, you know, re-architect the country to to honor the uh, abilities of our disabled uh, fellow citizens. And the... um, Ryan White AIDS bill, which is uh, forgotten by many today, but Arn Hatch fought some of his own fellow Republicans to get that through Congress. Um, it, he, it would not have happened without him. And the result is that the federal government, you know, you, federal government programs don't usually work very well, but this has worked well ever since 1990. Today, Ryan White funded programs. Uh, that have flowed out of that bill that R. and Hatch pushed through Congress with Ted Kennedy, by the way, um, service and help uh, half, half a million uh, HIV-AIDS patients in America today, and it's the poorer and more minority half. Uh, it's a it's a very good program, and you know it was kind of like an invisible turning point in American history. It happened on the floor of the Senate. It was quickly forgotten, and and it got rolling, and then you know it's. It's pretty much worked to this day. A very unusual um, legislation that he was quite proud of, Hatch was. And I remember, now, what were the committees that Orrin Hatch was? Wasn't he also, he had a, a back and forth a lot with Joe Biden. And I remember during the Clarence Thomas hearings, I don't know if he was on that committee, but when it was evident that Joe Biden was was um, attacking Clarence Thomas and really going after him to not be on the Supreme Court. I remember watching something with uh, Orrin Hatch, and he was arguing against Joe Biden. And uh, was he on that committee for the the, uh, Justice Committee? You're right. uh, Hatch was on the Judiciary Committee for a long time, the Finance Committee, and the Health and Labor Committee. It went by different names where he had to sit next to Ted Kennedy, who was a big cigar lover, and Ted Kennedy would blow thick uh, streams of cigar smoke at Hatch, you know, two feet away, 
in the committee. Well, that's room, not I bad. I mean, Kennedy had a lot of faults. You didn't want to let your wife go home with him, that's for sure. But come on, cigar smoke is no way to attack the guy. No, go ahead. I'm kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> right. and he, attacking a Mormon who, who ne- you know, never smoked and rarely, very rarely drank. But um, you're, rem- you're remembering correctly, in 1991, the Clarence Thomas hearings, which were vicious, it was a, uh, it was a train wreck, uh, supervised by Joe Biden, where you had, um, you know, a distinguished young black professor who was female being asked um, personal embarrassing questions by a lineup of often elderly white men uh, in in a way that, uh, that that no side. I mean, but you know, uh, it's like a rabbit rabbit hole. You go down the rabbit hole, try to figure out who's William, telling the truth, and I think you'll get nowhere. I remember, you know, I was young when that was going on. And I remember that was that was risque TV number one. And I also remember the leaks. And I say to this day, if you ever do an investigative book, I say it was Joe Biden that was the leaker. I would bet a lot of money on that because I remember also the Bork instance. And I remember Orrin Hatch arguing on behalf of Bork. And that's when I first kind of, you know, I always recognize because Orrin Hatch did one thing that was ahead of its time. He did dress very well. His thing was he always looked like a million dollars. Yeah, I, I spent a lot of time with him, and he was looking that good until 2020, uh, 2020 and 2021. But, uh, yeah, he was, Hatch was furious at Biden for, manage, for mismanaging this uh, process. You know, and Biden shut the whole Clarence Thomas hearings down uh, moments before witnesses who seemed to be backing up Anita Hill were going to be called. Uh, so the whole thing, you know, was was an absolute disaster. He Biden never apologized to Anita Hill. I think very no. few people ever did. And you know, and the result is, um, well, Arn Hatch said it was actually a good thing uh, in one way, and that is that it brought the issue of sexual harassment into living rooms and workplaces to be looked at and talked about. And that had never been the case prior to that. Uh, so, uh, yeah. You know, William, you've seen, you've paid attention. Your books, your, 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 your time as a producer in television, it's been in the political atmosphere, in the political world. And I'm reminiscent of when politics was in an upheaval in the 80s, in the late 70s as so many Americans wanted a representative republic. And it had been corrupted. Most people forget about this. It was very bad from the Depression after World War II um, all the way through to the boom of of what would be called, I guess, conservatism, although I I cringe every time I have to say that because I don't like that. I don't even know what it means anymore. But through the principles of Americanism and to the principles of a republic. And I think there are a few guys that started out that way and then became part of the creature that people loathe as government i call it government supremacy it seems to be in control of anything and i'm wondering as you reflect on your career on all of your books and everything you've done do you think that maybe there will be a pushback again and 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 maybe this ship will right itself and the principles of americanism may come back into light or are we going to be in this quagmire of collectivism well if americanism means uh, he's honoring the Constitution and honoring uh, honest intellectual debate and working out creative, innovative solutions to solve national problems that you can pay for, that don't expand government, that are uh, efficient, 
that um, you know that don't rely on the the, the, the tired uh, answers of the past, then um, I think all it takes, Sean, is one charismatic figure to come forward and hammer away at what we're talking about. You know, I think the lesson of Barack Obama, who had a very uh, fresh and bipartisan message that propelled him into office, uh, Donald Trump, who had no political experience at all, he always was stood up and talked with passion. He got elected, and le- and the lesson of um, uh, recent history is that things can change quickly. Uh, politics is volatile, and I think that um, uh, we could have. You know, I, I've made I've made the case in the past that the Republican and Democratic parties should be combing the backwoods and the cities of America for veterans who have served in Iraq and Afghanistan. And I wrote a book about the Iraq War called A Soldier's Dream. And I met dozens and dozens of men and women who had fought alongside um, Muslim allies and bled in the sand with them and um, run cities and power plants and, you know, $10 million budgets and, you know, executive experience, in other words, and been under yeah. fire, and they've come back. And, the, and these are Marines and Army officers, junior officers. I, I would run any one of these hundred people for office, and I don't know why... Uh, we're not doing that because they would have a fresh perspective and I think a very American one because, you know, that's, and I like that. that was their job. I think yeah. I'm so disgusted and so disheartened by the duopoly that has managed to normalize corruption and failure and always seem altruistic in its in its failure in its in its bastardization of of American government and a representative republic and when i think about your books and the fact that you've been writing about these veterans and you see what had what has come of that of their loss of their sacrifice of the trillions of dollars wasted and you can only come to the conclusion and we need to make sure that that never happens again because i'm hard pressed if someone says what was the good in it to come up with any answer that makes sense to anybody um, it seems to be well, that, a multi-trillion yeah. dollar boondoggle, not to mention just the lives and the trajectory of policy and government as we knew it, back when Orrin Hatch was a young man fighting for the principles of Americanism. I want to start a new party and call it the liberals, because I'm the real liberal. What do you think? <laughs> the classical liberal party, sure. Well, yeah, uh, yeah I think Rudy Giuliani became uh, mayor of New York on the liberal line and the Republican line, and I think maybe even the conservative line. But, you know, uh, my book is about the bipartisan moment, largely, of the Hatch era. I've actually won very partisan moment and four bipartisan major achievements. But, you know, bipartisanship is not always a good idea. It's no guarantee of wisdom. The Vietnam War, the Iraq War, the Afghanistan War, and withdrawal were all deeply bipartisan mistakes. Federal aid to education, childhood education for the last 20 years, has been a complete failure by any metric, and that was Ted Kennedy and George Bush, the second, um, pushing no child left behind, enormous waste of money, it hasn't worked. So they were bipartisan failures, too. Yeah, that's what we have to avoid, those pitfalls. I'm wondering what history will show us of the bipartisan movements on not just the spending bills of Biden, but the foreign policy chaos so i i'm i'm looking forward i know you got a book out today and it's out today it is called the titan of the senate and i cannot wait to go through it i did not realize there were the the four major ones i'm interested in reading about it but i can't wait to see your next one the failures of bipartisanship and, and the, the collapse of the duopoly led by a guy i who interviewed me on radio thank you very much william doyle
My pleasure. Thank you, Sean. Good luck in New York. Now, listen, I'm from Chicago. When you're going to the car, you tell your wife serpentine. It's harder to get you in these Democrat sewers. you got to stay safe. <laughs> the in-laws. That answers every every question. That serpentine. Movie. <laughs> a lot of wisdom in that movie. Thank you very much for coming on. Great. Thank we'll, you. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. Call Sean now. 312-642-5600. AM560. The answer. Riders on the storm. It's a storm, huh? Big storm in Chicago? Riders on the storm. That'll hopefully hamper some shootings. 312-642-5600 if you care to participate in the show. In the meantime, we're going to dive into the immigration scandal. Because this is a scandal. This kind of insanity is a scandal. I often play the clip of Biden giving not just amnesty to people from Venezuela, which is the ultimate destination of the American Marxist socialist mafia's policies. That's what it looks like. We've been talking about this for years. Back when Hugo Chavez, may he burn in hell, was touted by the Obama Democrats. Remember the book? Ooh, he gave him a book. No kidding. It shared very similar philosophies. I think, too, his daughter was very wealthy, just like Maduro's daughter is very wealthy. And instead of dealing with the issue, we are at the ultimate destination. See, the Venezuelans know that we're sympathetic, not just to the plight of their failure of what they're living in by eating their dogs and the rest of where socialism leads, but that we've already given them Amnesty. Right now we're following a developing story. The Biden administration just announced it is offering temporary protective status to Venezuelans living in the United States. Simple. So that's why you're at this problem. So when we hear this constantly. On the border, why is the border more overwhelmed under your watch, Mr. President? Because there are three countries that are never happy. There are fewer. What are you, he almost said never happy. Did you hear him? This stupid idiot with his propeller hat. Oh, God. It's coming from Central America and from Mexico. This is a totally different circumstance. What's on my watch now is Venezuela, Cuba, and Nicaragua. On your watch now, hey, you fracking moron. They've been on everyone's watch because they are totalitarian, collectivist, Marxist, communist places. And the only people that are there are the ones who are in on it or are prisoners of it. It's like Illinois or New York or anywhere the American Marxist mafia rules. And the idea that you're hamstrung shows just your fecklessness and another reason you should be impeached. And the ability to send them back to those states is not rational. You could send them back and have them wait. We're working with Mexico and other countries. To wait, wait, finish a thought. Hey, moron, you could send them back, but... See if we can stop the flow. But that's the difference. Thank you. Well, President, 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 sending migrants uh, to Delaware. Do you have any comment or response to that, sir? You should come visit. We have a beautiful shoreway. Yeah, but you don't like immigrants. Not in Delaware. Not in Martha's Vineyard. Not anywhere. You don't even like them in what you claim are sanctuary areas, like New York. I believe that idiot, Democrat, wants to put them on cruise ships. In Chicago... They're not embraced. They're sent to Burr Ridge. They're sent to Elk Grove Village. They're sent anywhere but the sanctuary areas. This is the hypocrisy I don't just love, but many Floridians do. 
So when Biden is flying these people all over the fruited plain in the middle of the night, I didn't hear a peep out of those people. Okay, I didn't hear a peep. I haven't heard a peep about all the people that have been told by Biden you can just come in and they're going, they're being abused by the cartels, they're drowning in the Rio Grande. You had 50 that died in some shed in Texas. I heard no outrage about any of that. Uh, I haven't heard outrage about all the fentanyl that's come across the border that's killing Americans in record numbers. I don't Not only haven't we heard outrage, we've had policies become created and funded that embrace, stoke, the massive drug issue that is destroying the lives of Chicagoans, Illinoisans, New Yorkers, everybody. And so many of the Democrats who have kids that have been affected by the chaos fentanyl has caused. They are still embracing the policies of the Democrat mafia because it's within those policies that funding is. And I believe that is the definite connection. There is no question in my mind. Not to mention the other problem. Who else is in that mix? Last month in August, there were 12 individuals on the FBI's terror watch list arrested here at our southern border. That brings the total for fiscal year 2022 so far to 78 people on that terror watch list arrested here at the border. That is triple the previous five years combined. Just to put it No, in but I just heard Biden talk about the, the, the threat to America are what he calls white supremacists, what he means Trump supporters. That's the threat. 78 just in summer, 12 in a month, 2 million now. What about the gotaways? How do we figure that out? I don't think we ever figure it out, which opens the door, hopefully, to the guy who kicked it open in the first place. You say that the Mexican government is sending criminals, rapists, drug dealers across the border. If it weren't for me... You wouldn't even be talking about illegal immigration, Chris. You wouldn't even be talking about it. And I said, Mexico is sending. Except the reporters, because they're a very dishonest lot, generally speaking, in the world of politics, they didn't cover my statement the way I said it. Since then, many killings, murders, crime, drugs pouring across the border, our money going out and the drugs coming in. Border Patrol people that I deal with, they say this is what's happening because our leaders are stupid and the Mexican government is much smarter, much sharper, much more cunning, and they send the bad ones over because they don't want to pay for them. They don't want to take care of them. Why should they when the stupid leaders of the United States will do it for them? And what we do know, not just because of the Mexico independence celebration in the sewer of Chicago, we do know that the Mexican government has been in bed with the cartels for 20 years, maybe more. Since 2007, Mexico's drug war has caused the deaths of more than 160,000 people. Although the current president has attempted to address this prolific violence, many gangs are intimately connected and protected by corrupt officials. So just how corrupt is Mexico? Well, Mexico has dealt with corruption since its foundation as an independent state. The first ruling party gained power through rampant electoral fraud and ruled for more than 70 years. Today, the current Mexican president is a member of that party. Corruption runs through every sector of society and is largely based So when you hear about the border, you realize this isn't just people fleeing the policies, which any person would flee. These are cartel members taking advantage 
of the American weakness, the American corruption, also known as the American Democrat Party. In December of last year, we had a shooting at a Christmas party in my county, out in rural Culpeper County, we had a shooting. All of the vehicles present at that party had California and Pennsylvania license plates. We quickly noticed that 38 Super was the caliber of casings we found everywhere on scene. And those of you who know firearms know that is a choice weapon of the cartel. Of course, no one knew much of anything, but when we got with our partners with DEA and HSI, we quickly learned we had hit a cartel jackpot. <clears throat> Months later, the shooter from that incident was located and arrested in California. Surprise, surprise, in less than a week before we could extradite that person, he was mistakenly released from the jail in California and hasn't been seen since. I could go on, but what America needs to know is that what was once happening in the backyards of American border towns in the Southwest is now in the front yards of Americans all over our nation. My message to Washington as a citizen is to do your job or get out. Yeah, that should be your message to every Democrat scourge. You will have this ongoing problem as long as Democrats are in charge anywhere. Anywhere. You want to solve the problem? Throw out the Democrat. How's that for something short that morons could remember? John and Palatine. Good to hear you. Listen, uh, we're getting uh, close to uh, uh, election cycle soon, and uh, we know that the Democrats uh, don't play fair in their advertising. So I was just wondering, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in an effort to uh, get rid of uh, Pritzker, do you think uh, uh, Darren Bailey and the other uh, uh, Republicans uh, should uh, start playing ads on the radio where we actually hear uh, Pritzker's voice on the other end of the recording when he's actually trying to buy off uh, uh, Senator Obama's uh, I remember, uh, and because- I, didn't like, I didn't like Bruce Rauner. I never trust a billionaire married to an ugly woman. Didn't like him. But what I remember about Bruce Rauner is he used to play those clips of the FBI. He not only had a clip of, uh, of, of, of Fetzel trying to buy the seat, but directing the actions of the most corrupt, obvious corrupt Democrat governor that states had for many, many decades, Rod Blagojevich, as he, uh, as he negotiated the legacy of corruption between the Pritzker family and the Chicago Democrats. Yet... Among Democrats, that's a resume builder. That's not a detriment. Because the problem you have is the mindset of those legacy Democrat areas. They'd rather be in on the fraud than see it ripped down. They'd rather be in on the corruption than see it ripped down. Those are willful slaves. And that's the problem. The question well, is, can you save the how country? About, uh, how about, how about highlight all of the... Uh, how, what, if, what, if, what if we were to highlight all of the illegals... Uh, coming into uh, our wonderful uh, Chicagoland suburbs. John, I mean, the, we have the, to do something to try and com- win. The, the campaign commercials for Bailey are really quite simple. Your evening news on a daily basis, the horrific information that comes through, is an advertisement for the alternative to the Democrat scourge that have destroyed not just the once greatest city, but once the greatest state. Destroyed it. So if that's not information, a campaign commercial enough, is the evening news that horrifies you, then you're obviously one of those useful idiots that have already destroyed it. Thank you very much, John. I think that would be a nice commercial. We'll have to run that past Prof. 312-642-5600. 
He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM 560, The Answer. AM 560, The Answer. I love the calls. I got to tell you, I'm not going to leave you hanging. Let's go to the lines. Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean. How you feeling tonight? Good, brother. How are you? Good. I'm good. Listen, I got uh, two quick things. The first one is this... Uh, the sheriff in uh, Texas, this Javier Salazar, yeah, he said he's looking into someone who's uh, who lied to these uh, illegals about going to Martha's Vineyard. He's he a Democrat. Political. He's a he's yeah, a Democrat. Well, I, I, I An elected Democrat who would rather see his people exactly. be victims, robbed, raped, exactly. killed, killed, just Kim like uh, Kim Fox. So, what do you think? Right. He shares the same brain. I hope he doesn't have that peanut face she has because that's a rough look. Rough look to get around with. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and the they, next thing is, yeah. go ahead. No, you go. The What's next thing is, the next thing is, is I saw a headline that said, U.S. the greatest country in the world, and there's only 37% of the Dem- Democrats that think it is, and there's 69% of the Republicans. Well, when I a Democrat the refers to the America, they refer the to the Republicans. I the, thought it would be a little higher. Well, it doesn't matter. When politicians yeah. and Democrats who believe in government supremacy think America's great, it's because they're referring to every program that's bankrupting our nation that we hate. They don't like the concept of freedom. They don't like the Enlightenment. They reject it. They're working hard to undermine it and normalize the welfare state, the corruption in it. Those are Obama Democrats who tout programs like Obamacare and refuse to recognize it as failed corrupt policy that enriches but a few they are the useful slaves we're calling them democrats as they refer to themselves now mike in brookfield hey it's great talking to you sean you know you are the one of the only guys on radio that can take my anger and frustration and kind of formulate thoughts for me yes so thank you very much kind of many years arguing with guys who could punch me in the face go ahead yeah so listen there's something i want to talk about that you never hear anything about is you know, they're paying these, they're, they're paying all these wealthy parents' kids their schooling, right? They yeah. want the vote. But that's really not the big fish. What they're really fishing for is the big fish who's getting a Harvard education, Yale education, that's going to have influence later on in life. That's what they're really going for. The votes are You're great. Right, Mike. Mike, I love you. I went long with you. God bless it. This time is fast, Mike. I'm sorry. Kevin. Al, we'll get to you guys later. I will. I got Al, a, a Manhattan candidate. All right, listen, I got to go to break. I went long. I'll be back after this. Sorry, guys. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. You know, we sit at a time in this country where the government is openly intimidating citizens. Force is now the norm. Stripping of the principles of Americanism, ever more present. Never thought you'd see this, I know. I didn't. But then I'm reminded of our actual history. I'm reminded. There is a time in this country when the government unleashed the military on citizens. 
oh, we can wrap it up in a nice little wrapper and pretend it was about slavery. It wasn't. I don't care what anyone says. I know that's the proven propaganda story that sells. But if you know anything about the lawyer for the railroad, I didn't refer to him as Honest Abe. I recognized what he did, the atrocities, and the idea that a million people died, and it's rarely even talked about, those million individuals. rarely talked about 13 states abolished slavery. Not to mention Abraham Lincoln's own writings on slavery prior to when he found a story that would sell. I know it's controversial, but isn't it controversial when you're talking about civil war? That's why my next guest, I can't wait to talk to him. He is a former Army helicopter pilot and company commander. He holds a Jefferson Davis Gold Medal for Excellence in Research and Writing. His name is Dr. Samuel Mitchell. He's the author of more than 40 books. His new book, Voices from the Confederacy, True Civil War Stories from the Men and Women of the Old South. Dr. Samuel Mitchum, Jr., thank you for joining me. How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself, Sean? Good, good, but I also realize what we're standing on. We're standing on the precipice of what could be the next civil war, where we already have a history of the American government unleashing the military force on citizens. So as I think about that'll never happen here, I realize that already did happen here, and uh, people don't really like to talk about the issues. They like the fairy tale more. Well, that's true. The uh, myth of the singular cause, um, I think more than anything else, the war was about money. Yeah. Um, as soon as the South left the Union, they increased the uh, tariff from 24% to 47%. And um, uh, those who think it was about slavery need to consider what uh, the Lincoln regime did. Um, they backed the Corrin Amendment, uh, which would have guaranteed slavery forever. It would have been up to the states to abolish it. And the federal government um, could not interfere. And it passed the House and the Senate with a two-thirds majority with the full support of Abraham Lincoln and uh, then-President James Buchanan. Uh, so all the South had to do to uh, assure uh, slavery in perpetuity uh, would be to come back to the Union and ratify it uh, in the 30 days before the... Uh, uh, between the passage of the amendment and the firing on Fort Sumter. Uh, five states did ratify it, and not one of them was Southern. Uh, the South had left, the deep South had left the Union, they didn't want anything to do with it. And, uh, and, so, and the, uh, the proof is the tariffs of abomination, which were decades before a shot was fired in the Civil War. This argument over oh, yeah. money this argument over money started decades before the Civil War. And I'm more interested... Oh, in the ideology of it. And I obviously am against any form of slavery, which only really exists to this day in the Middle East and in Africa itself. But what I am more uh, in love with is the principle of federalism and the idea that if corruption, if financial fraud, bastardization of American principles uh, cannot be left by states that want integrity, then are you really united or are you just extorted? So either change the name of the country or recognize the principles of it. I agree. I agree. Um, we've come a long way since uh, 1776, and not all of it's been good by any means. And I'm wondering, you know, as you're writing your new book, Voices from the Confederacy, 
Tell me a little bit about the book, and then I'm going to ask you a little bit about what you see in the current events. Well, I've written uh, a number of books. One of them uh, dealt with the causes of the Civil War. It wasn't about slavery. It completely sold out, uh, hardback, paperback, and uh, uh, they couldn't get any more printed for a while because of the supply chain distribution problems. Uh, it'll be out again in a month, and I'm sure you would enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, then uh, I wrote my magnus opus, the Encyclopedia of Confederate Generals. Uh, it's 252,000 words long. If you don't like the book, it makes a great doorstop. The average book is sixty to 70,000 words. And this is four times that big. So uh, uh, then I decided to write this Voices from the Confederacy. It's basically just war stories. Um Stories from the men who fought, uh, uh, the women uh, who uh, were a tremendous assets to the South, and uh, and also the slaves. I, I found uh, copies of the slave narratives, uh, uh, which were done in the 1930s. They interviewed uh, several hundred former slaves, and uh, of course the Southerners didn't really call them that. Uh, generally speaking, they call them um, servants. Uh, the word slave is used, but servant is much more common. Yeah. And if the uh, slave was older, they referred to him as aunt and uncle. It's really uh, kind of current when you see what's going on, the celebration of the original slave traders, the British and King George. And you see... Um, all of the hoopla and the and the support for the monarchy. I always found it offensive that slavery wasn't a concept of America that was brought by those people that would end up fighting the king for American freedom. It was something that was adopted based on those uh, those people who already uh, recognized slavery in their own form by being um, servants to the monarchy. Yes. Um... I think the world outgrew slavery, um, but not all at the same time. The South was labor. Um, but uh, what was the slavery, percentage of Southerners? Abolish it was Britain. Yeah. What was the percentage of Southerners that actually owned slaves at the time of the Civil War? Uh, between six and seven percent. Oh, I actually thought it was less than that. And 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 at the time of the Civil War, how many of the the plantation owners and slave masters were actually black themselves. Oh, uh, I'm not real sure. About 10% of the uh, uh, black people were uh, were already uh, freed, but uh, uh, I would guess about uh, 2 or 3% of the uh, blacks were slave owners. Yeah. Um, they were worse... Uh, they treated the slaves worse than the whites did, generally speaking. Yeah, Willie because, Ellison uh, is always a, a story to remember, uh, the slave master, Willie Ellison, who started out as a slave. But aside from slavery itself, just the argument of the Confederacy, the argument of the state's ability to leave the Union for a disgruntled reason. Violence is always the, the, the action of a breakdown of, of argument, a breakdown of communication. The talk of the Confederacy itself actually was quite long prior to the to the war. Why do you think they lost the ability to articulate 
why they should be separated, why there should be a break-off, and why there should be secession. Why do you think that broke down ultimately? Well, it was a combination of factors over a long period of time, and I think uh, uh, people just got tired of it. Uh, this was a nation born of secession, uh, the Declaration of Independence, in my view. Uh, it was the most beautiful ordinance of secession ever written. And uh, um, they got tired of being uh, lambasted by the uh, fake news of the day, the abolitionist press. And they got tired of paying for it. Um, the federal budget in 1860 was $80 million. $70 million of that was paid by the South. So you've got... Uh, uh, what, 29% of the population paying uh, 82.5% of the taxes, and the abolitionists wanted more. And um, You know, Doctor, as you're talking, doesn't that kind of remind you of right now? Only the numbers are bigger, <laughs> and the logistics aren't set, set up between the South and the North anymore, but between the corrupt and the uncorrupt. There's a lot of similarities well, between then and now, huh? Well, frighteningly so. Frighteningly so. Um, I'd say there's a decent chance we'll have a civil war in our lifetimes. Uh, 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 anything and about it, uh, both sides will lose. <laughs> yeah, everybody lost, as, the, as both sides really lost in the, in the first civil war and some of the atrocities that went on. Why do you think so many kids are uninterested is it strictly because they're just uninformed by the government-sponsored education system that they don't look into the million people plus? And they don't even know because so many of them went unreported or so many of the atrocities that happened in the rebuilding of the South, so many of the atrocities committed by the government. Do you think that the, oh. that's the perfect way to breed a society susceptible to another civil war? I think it, it is. Um there are depths of ignorance we haven't even begun to explore, and uh, our educational system is uh, needs to be reformed from top to bottom, frankly. But I don't see much hope of that happening uh, in the foreseeable future. Um, and you know, when but, you, when they get a, when and when I say they, the government supremacist, which is what the real problem in this country is, when they get away with misinforming generations over the country's greatest atrocity. Yes, slavery was a part of it, and so many people are ignorant to the Ulster Scots and the original people that were indentured servants and the rest of it. But when, when you see the susceptible nature of Americans to accept some of the same abuses by government, and you see censorship become the norm, and you see threats from Washington come out, this is exactly what happened and what led up to the first one, isn't it? It is. It is. Those who think it was about slavery, they need to uh, look at uh, the quotes of Abraham Lincoln. He very clearly wrote uh, Horace Greeley, the editor of the New York Tribune, and said if he could restore the Union by freeing the slaves, he would. If he could restore the Union by freeing none of the slaves, he would. And if he could fr uh, restore the Union by uh, freeing some of the slaves and leaving others in bondage, he would do that also. Um, and that was uh, only a few months before the Emancipation Proclamation. 
And that, uh, as Lincoln himself said, was a war measure. Uh, you got to remember, uh, in uh, September of 1862, when he first issued it, um, the North wasn't winning the war. Uh, they had a tremendous advantage. Uh, their population base was 22 million white people as opposed to 5.5 million for the South, so they had a 4-to-1 demographic advantage. But um, they were losing. So and many times. Part of the problem. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, 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 you go ahead. Part of the problem. Go ahead. Uh, well, part of the problem was uh, you know, Lincoln. Uh, you get... You, 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 you had better luck denying the divinity of Christ today with a lot of people than criticizing Abraham Lincoln. But he was military illiterate. And uh, the goal of the Emancipation Proclamation was uh, uh, to prevent the South from um, achieving diplomatic recognition by Great uh, Britain and France. And he also wanted uh, slave revolts which would siphon off the strength of the Confederate Army because they'd have to go put them down. Um, um, but the black people of that day weren't as stupid as Lincoln seems to think they were because uh, uh, they knew what would happen. Uh, um, the guiding principle, uh, they they'd put down slave revolts before, uh, the guiding principle was, hey, it's better to kill one too many than one too few. And man, oh man, that's they can, and these people were unarmed. Pitchforks aren't very effective against uh, uh, Confederate rifles and muskets, so they did not revolt. Although um, 191 million of them, uh, 191,000 of them uh, did join the Union Army. Uh, when you, some of them by force, and some volunteered. When so you go through your research of the South, when you look at the fact that over 90% of those people who were arguing for the Confederacy did not own slaves. And you see the, the, the letters back and forth from the poor Confederate soldier back home, and you see the articulate understanding of the pertinent issues in the original argument, which was not about slavery but about money, and about 70% of those people being stripped with abusive, onerous taxes and tariffs and the rest of it. Do you think that more of those citizens back then had an understanding of the pertinent current issues that were affecting them than the virtual moron today who's willing to give away his freedom and his independence to bend knee to the government supremacist? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and it does explain why 90% of the people who fought in it didn't own slaves and were not a part of the tagline of what they now believe is the Confederacy. Do you think that there's an argument to secede today, a better one than than then? Um, I wouldn't say it was better, but I would say it's just as good. Um, but I'll tell you one thing the southern, uh, average southern yeoman farmer did understand. He understood that uh, his state was being invaded, and uh, uh, he understood it needed to be defended. And that's why you had the... Uh, Confederate Army and why it experienced the successes that it did. Uh, uh, frankly, given the um, the odds against the South, 92% of the industry was in the North. Uh, population base was 4 to 1 in favor of the, the North. It shouldn't have taken four years, frankly. 
And uh, anyway, I, but this book uh, just gets into the stories. Uh, there's one you might enjoy. Uh, it was by Adelie Adkins. She was an eight-year-old uh, African-American girl. <clears throat> and when the Yankees arrived at the plantation, well, they uh, tied up her master, her uh, mistress ran, and uh, uh, the Yankees were looting the plantation and uh, uh, stealing the silver, but also, uh, more importantly, the uh, storehouse. She understood um, that if they got away with it, um, there wouldn't be anything left to eat, and she had to eat, too. And uh, in those days, uh, South, uh, she was in North Carolina, they didn't have any sugar. Uh, everything was sweetened by watermelon juice or honey. And um, she tried to, after they tied up her master, she tried to cut him loose, and the uh, uh, Yankee sergeant said he was going to cut her tongue out came far, and she ran out the back, and uh, they had some bee boxes. She grabbed a limb, thinking very quickly, and started knocking over bee boxes and stirring up bees, so she said, I could could smell the poison. And then she took off, and the bees chased her, and she ran right into the middle of this Indian cavalry detachment. Some of the Yankees were dismounted, holding their horses. Others were mounted on the horses, and others were leading the plantation. And uh, those bees started stinging horses and Yankees. And the horses started throwing Yankees high into the air. And the Yankees were cursing. But as Idly said, what does a bee care if you curse it? And uh, um, the horses broke loose and started running. Uh, the Yankees, who had uh, the silverware and pillowcases, uh, dropped it to fight off the bees. And uh, the food was dropped. Um, the horses ran away. Uh, and the Yankees started chasing the horses, and the bees were chasing the Yankees. And uh, Idly said that some of the Yankees ran faster than the horses. <laughs> and uh, uh, they saved the plantation. And uh, the mistress uh, said, Idly, you have saved us all. And she took a gold ring from her own finger and put it on Idly's. And when she was interviewed by the federal writers back in 1938, Idly still had that ring on. And it was probably the only piece of jewelry she had in her whole life, uh, given the poverty, the reconstruction, in New South Paris. Um, yeah. But it's just stories like that. That's what this well, book is about. The new book is called it's Voices like- from the Confederacy, True Civil War Stories from the Men and Women of the Old South. He is Dr. Samuel Mitchum, Jr. First of all, I want to thank you for the work, and I want to thank you um, for everything you did for this country, former Army helicopter pilot and company commander. Thank you very much for coming on the show. I truly appreciate it. I have a copy of the book. I'm going to go through it, and I'm probably going to have you back on. All right? Please do. And I'll have Regner send you a copy if it wasn't about slavery, because that gets into the deep part. That's where the deep water is. I love it. I'm interested in the deep water, and I'm interested in what you do. Thank you so much, Dr. Samuel Mitchum, Jr. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Yeah. 
you have to um, be ignorant to the principles of freedom to not recognize the chaos of war, in particular, civil war. Every socialist, Marxist, communist nation embroiled civil war is the only result, the only, the only conclusion the citizens that are victims of the government corruption have. I try to avoid war. I'm anti-war, believe it or not. Not anti-violence. I think violence needs to be beget with violence, but I'm anti-war. I'm trying to avoid the next civil war. However, I will not deny it is on the horizon. I think it can be pushed back here more easily than those other socialist, communist, totalitarian despot hellholes around the world like Ukraine. I don't buy any of the propaganda that goes into it, but I do recognize so many of the symptoms. They're always in the Democrat sewers. They come from the Democrat propagandist mafia members. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. So last month, President Biden made the historic decision to cancel up to $20,000 in student loan debt. And this is going to deliver life-changing relief for as many as 43 million middle-class, working-class Americans. It's going to be... Now, if student loan debt had not been nationalized by Barack Obama, this could not have happened. Private companies held student loans. They can't, the government just can't pick its favorites, its winners, its losers, and the rest of it. Instead of a understanding and a rejection of that, by the American citizens, there's a clamor for more socialism, whether it's student loans, whether it's health care, whether it's banking. There is a clamor for more of the lead up to civil war. Elizabeth Warren gives you the perfect articulation of it. and She doesn't even know it. She thinks she's winning votes and she might be. But what she's doing is laying the seeds for the next civil war. Nurses and truck drivers, nail technicians, and millions of people who were not able to finish their degrees. Only the deadbeats that didn't want to pay it off, though. She's ignoring the millions of people who did pay it off and the rest of it. But what she's doing is sowing the seeds for the next civil war. So while families are breathing a sigh of relief, corporations that made billions of dollars off a broken student loan system are now busily laying new traps in a shameless last-ditch effort to try to line their pockets. You know what's funny about lining your pockets? How come um, the government is never guilty of lining their pockets? I mean, after all, they nationalized this eight years ago. Had they been lining their pockets? Or have they been using it as a weapon, as a lure, to get more and more willful idiots known as Democrats? Navient, one of the world's largest and worst loan servicers, is now leading the way. According to reports, immediately after the cancellation was announced, Navient sent multiple emails to borrowers encouraging them to refinance their federal loans. As opposed to the Democrat mafia that sent massive campaign contributing emails out to idiots that don't want to pay for other debts, saying, look at what we just did. We just gave away a trillion dollars to those righteous deadbeats who don't want to pay their student loans, also known as the Democrat base. Come on board. But when companies try to tell people you can refi, 
less interest than you're paying the government that is lining their filthy pockets with the VIG, known as interest, on the student loans, and will continue to do so on those people they didn't wave a magic wand and grace with the acceptance of uh, what is called free money, but isn't free. It's just the bastardization of student loan debt. Under Navient's private lender, Navi Refi, with the promise of lower interest rates. Now, Ms. Gittleman, your organization has a long history of protecting consumers from student debt scams. So I want to ask you, let's say a borrower decides to take Navient up on their offer and refinances their federal loans with a Navi refi tomorrow. What would this mean for cancellation under President Biden's plan? Thank you, Senator Warren, for the question. If they refinance with Navi refi, then they will essentially be replacing their federal student loans with a private student loan. Because only federal student loans are eligible for cancellation, that means they may no longer be eligible for that cancellation. And that's why... Student loan debt should never be held by the government because political pimps and whores like Biden and the fake Indian who looks like Chuck Connors can never pick winners and losers. That's why everything should be privatized instead of nationalized. That's why the biggest atrocity to capitalism ironically wasn't perpetrated by just Democrats like Barack Obama who nationalized student loans, but Democrats or but Republicans who laid the groundwork for the nationalization of banks. That's why Democrats run with that ball. So we invested an additional $12 billion into community banks because we know community banks are in the community and understand the needs and desires of that community as well as the talent and capacity of community. We know that community banks that will be sent to the ghettos are not just owned by Democrat oligarchs like Pritzker, and uh, who's the guy running for uh, Secretary of State? Janulius. I answer my own question. And the rest of the Democrat scourge that prey on the ignorance of the Democrat constituents. But now will be backdoor nationalized to the Democrat mafia. They're telling you that they're fascists. They're telling you that they're socialists. They're called Democrats today, but this will lead to the Civil War tomorrow. It's clear that that's going to happen because all they do is fail and corrupt. All right, let's go to Kevin two times. Kevin. Sean, 48 and 9. You know what those numbers represent? Yeah, how many days left? Until the election, and then it's only nine days until the uh, the other uh, till, uh, early voting. And then as far as, you know, to avoid a civil war. That's, be, that's uh, when the fraud comes in, because much like what yeah. led up to the civil war, the elections are rigged. And I'll tell you what I mean. Well, and we're going to crush Darren Bailey in November. A voter opinion survey done for Republican Darren Bailey's campaign does show Governor Pritzker with a lead. But it's closer than the landslide 16 percentage points Pritzker won by four years ago. Our political editor, Mike Flannery, breaks it down. Celebrating an endorsement today from the Laborers International Union, J.B. Pritzker. That's the part I wanted you to hear, Kevin. Laborers International oh, yeah. Union and the organized mafia of labor extortion endorsed the fat beanbag. Early voting starts in nine. Ballot harvesting started two months ago. What do you think it's going to lead to, Kevin? Well, what I think it's going to lead to is that I hope people that listen to you, they're inspired by you, that laugh with you, get involved. I think it's time to Me stop too. asking what Bailey... 
And I, I want him to yeah, move to red I, states and articulate the and argument think- of secession from a corrupt, systemic mafia called the Democrat Party that runs our government and will in perpetuity now that they've right. rigged the election system. Think- Thank you very much for calling. 312-642-5600. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. My wife gets mad when I hang up on Kevin, so I made two people mad. But the reason I did is because this clip of the media mafia in Chicago talks about the unions that support the fat, useless tyrant Pritzker. I want to talk about the 134 municipalities in Cook County, the 39 in DuPage, the 19 in Lake and all of those union organizations that will support the corruption regardless of the messenger, regardless of the beanbag. That is the problem. So there are states that welcome that corruption, that systemic corruption, and will forever be in control of the mafia. There are other states where that doesn't exist. What I believe in is to secede through peace, not war. Don in Merrillville. Yeah, Sean, uh, I, I just heard you touch on it about uh, Elizabeth Warren is sowing the seeds for civil war, and and you and you said it yourself that you see it coming. Yes, I I talked to you over a month ago and told you that this is where we were headed for, and we ought to. They're just trying to do a slow roll into it so they could try and claim that it's not us; it's the other side. Well, that's what they're doing. I'm not for it, though. You understand? I'm trying to stop it. My show well, is you're not gonna, you're not going to stop it. Well, the reality is, can. it's going to happen. So, no, I don't, the I sooner they start it, the sooner we can finish it. Well, and I'm that's not why interested. I said I'm not when they lose, you're not what happened to Benedict to Arnold? Yeah, but you're not listening to me, my, the message. I'm arguing against the propaganda around the first civil war. I'm arguing against civil war itself, and I believe that we do not need a civil war if we rely on the principles of what this country is, federalism. On the idea that states like the sewer of Illinois are done because that systemic corruption is now embraced by the people in total. I don't see it as a civil war. I see it as a subversion of this country. Well, listen, there never has to be violence. We have it in our agreement. That if we are, we are states of federalists, we are a federalist society, the, the, the right to leave is either there or it isn't. And if it's not, then just admit what it is and stop calling it the United States and call it the extorted states. I'm for correct verbiage. If you do not have the right to leave by choice, by will, without violence, then you're a slave. And isn't that what we're really arguing about? So either clear it up or stop telling kids the fairy tale of the Enlightenment and unalienable rights and federalism. Let's just be clear. Steve in Willowbrook. You got about 50 seconds. Thank you, brother. Yeah, quickly. JP equals superior bank where all those poor people lost millions of dollars when the bank went under. But not just poor people. Poor people from ghettos that he preyed on. Poor people that he, that he took advantage of, their economic ignorance. Those same people who were victimized from him, Steve, unfortunately, are voting Democrats. So you either have the ones that are in on the scam or the ones that are too stupid to see it. That is the Democrat mafia. I'd like to fight up against it through mind, through power, through principle, not war. I'm ironically advocating for peace. 
All right, I'll be back in 21 hours. We'll do it all again and even better. Don't just have a great night. Have an American night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.